Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trigiani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Punnett, and this is Best to the Nest, the podcast that is all about creating happy, healthy, beautiful homes that prepare us to fly. And today's theme and guest is one that I am so excited about. (laughs) I know you are. That's what I love. I love it. It just makes me so happy. So we're talking about the day-to-day. That's the theme of the episode today is the day-to-day. And I think this is such an important thing to be talking about because... Of course, it seems obvious, but our life is made up of days. Yes. One, we, we do forget that sometimes. And the only day that we have is this day because right. you have no idea what's coming tomorrow. And, of course, yesterday was passed. And so our guest today has a fascinating perspective on how to get a handle on your day and how to sort of make sure that work and wellness are working in a cohesive way. But before we talk to Danny, which I'm so happy that she's here with us all the way from Copenhagen, by the way. Very exciting. First international guest. Very fancy here on Best to the Nest. I thought, you know, I would just ask you about your day-to-day. Like, do you feel like you have a handle on your day-to-day or is it feeling out of control? You know, here's the difference. Because my my kids are grown, my day-to-day and my husband lives in another city. So... For all of you mothers out there, you're probably going to go, I want that just for a moment. My day-to-day is all about my day. Wow. There's nobody else. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, you do have a cat. Expect, I was expecting that. That I don't take care of. Oh, that's right. Not my cat. Yeah, that's true. And so, but my day-to-day. So, yes, finally, my day-to-day feels pretty under control because I am in control of pretty much of my work schedule. I'm in control of my leisure schedule. There isn't really anybody making demands of me like when I was raising children. But that doesn't mean that I don't need to stay organized because it's easier to be unproductive when you're just worried about yourself. That seems weird, doesn't it? I was more probably more disciplined when there were more people depending on me. Yeah, I, I, I totally get that. There are days that I feel like I have it really under control and I got to actually enjoy the day. Mm -hmm. And then there are days that I feel I'm running. But my life is pretty running. I mean, I go from one thing to the next. I've got minutes booked for whatever else and I just feel like I stay efficient. But it is interesting when you think about all these days make up our life. And so that means that if we're not focused on the things that bring us joy and that we are calling our values in the day-to-day, then we're not focused on those things in our whole life. I mean, oh, you that's can't, for sure. You just you have to make space for those things every single day. Well, and it seems weird, but you forget to. I know. It, it, like when I was really like really had all of those schedules that I was trying to maintain, you forget to do the things that make you happy. <laughs> I, I, which is so odd to think back to that. But the times when I would feel like, oh, I'm getting really blue or I'm really gray, I just 
Why? Well, I wasn't doing the things that I needed, and they're small things, just to get me, to bring me those little sort of joy hits during the day. And and even aside from joy and happiness, wellness, right? I mean, yeah. joy yeah. and happiness are great, too, but wellness really yeah, super sure. important. So our guest today is Danny Bruflot. Danny Bruflot is an entrepreneur. She is a writer, a product designer, a community creator, and a social media maven. And she says she has a secret weapon. It's called the Daily Page, Marjorie. We've talked about this on mm-hmm. this podcast before. It's a type of daily journal slash planner slash list space love this. that is the key to balancing work and wellness. So Danny, her husband, and their dog Walter <laughs> live in Copenhagen <laughs> where she posts photos of charm winding streets that will make you want to pack your bags and move immediately. And she has a website and a blog, and it's called Time is Honey, as in like T-H-Y-M-E. It's a great name. Honey. It is so cute. And so Danny is piping in all the way from Copenhagen. Hi, Danny. Hi, you guys. Thank you so much for inviting me on to the show. We are so excited. I've been a fan of yours for so long. I followed you on social media, and then I took the plunge and bought your daily page notepad. Gosh, probably now, Marjorie, like about a month ago. Yep. Talked about it on the podcast and got so many people who were saying, "Where? what is that? I need that, and are absolutely loving it. So congratulations on all your success. Thank you so much. And to be honest, I'm a little bummed that you and I never got together when I lived in Minnesota. (laughs) I know. I feel the same way. Explain to everybody again what the Daily Page is, because it is pretty cool. So the Daily Page is a simple one-page design that helps you organize your wellness and your work goals. So it has a little bit of everything. It has space for your top three priorities of the day a to-do list, your events and scheduling. It has a section for your fitness and wellness stuff. It also has hydration tracking, which you probably have noticed I'm very passionate about. She's water upset. It has a little space for doing some meal planning, and this is meant as a way for you to just kind of get excited and think about what you're eating and how you're nourishing yourself. And then it also has other sections, depending on which one of my designs you're using, but spaces for shopping lists, daily tasks, note-taking, brain-dumping, all kinds of things. And really the goal of it is just to help align both of your worlds, right? Your wellness world, your life at home, your work, all of it in one place. So I'm looking at mine right now, Danny, because I've been carrying mine with me as I use it. And I want to even back up a little bit further and talk about with you the idea of looking at life one day at a time. Why is that important and how does that make a difference in then how the days add up to create our life? Wow, we're going deep. <laughs> Welcome to Beth. She, went, she went right to it. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, I think we just live in a world that is becoming so increasingly complex and distracting. Yes. And we're fortunate that along with that, we also live in a world that's able to provide us with endless options for ways to organize ourselves and manage this overload of information, right? Like, yes, it's overwhelming, but we also have great technology at our fingertips. And what I found and what I think so many of us are feeling is that a lot of these tools just kind of end up adding to the noise. Do you guys kind of feel that? Yes. 100%. Yes. 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 And so the daily page really just takes us back to one of the most basic and fundamental systems that we know works, which is the checklist. And Mm -hmm. it integrates the checklist idea. It also integrates the idea that writing things down, that hand-brain connection is really strong for most of us. 
And along with that, again, just aligning the work and wellness aspect of our life in one place and encouraging you to kind of parse that information out of your head, get it onto paper so you can keep it in front of you throughout your day without having to kind of log in and out or close in and out of all of those online or digital planning and tracking websites and services. You know, I use digital planning as well. I use Google Calendar and I use Microsoft's to-do list app. But every morning I parse my events and my projects and stuff out of those digital spaces onto paper so that they aren't further distracting me all day. So, Elizabeth, do you use the paper as well? Yeah, I've been using the paper, and here is what I'm loving about it. A couple of things, because I use those same things. Well, I don't use the to-do list, but now I want to. But I also use Google Calendar. I have a Google Calendar that syncs with my family, and then I have my work calendar, and it's all in different colors on my on my phone, and that's right. how I kind of like know where I have to be minute by minute. But I'm not mm-hmm. a journal person, and I'm not a planner yeah. person. And the reason that I'm not, and I've really figured this out, is because it feels like if I start it, it's now like another project that I have oh, to yeah. continue mm-hmm. to work on. And I also feel as if planners and journals are way too overwhelming for me. And so the shift has been in the last month with, with this daily page, and Danny, I use it almost every day, but not every day. I don't use it on the Mm -hmm. weekends. And so I'm probably at about four days a week that I'm actually writing something out on the daily page. And so it feels like if I miss a day, this is the perfectionist in me, it's not like I failed my planner. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. (laughs) No, but I I think that's, it's so, you know, when you talk about the checklist, and this is why I haven't ordered mine yet, but I'm going to because I know when I've lived a good day, and I love the idea of sort of that tally at the end of the night where you get to check everything off or as you're going along, and you can look back and think, okay, I did this right today. And maybe that is the little bit of type A in all of us, but at the same time, I think it's just a reaffirmation that I've, I've spent it well. And so I like that. I like that idea. I agree, mm-hmm. and it's even more than, than that, Marjorie. I think it, it goes along with so much about what we talk about on Best to the Nest, which is living life, feeling connected to other people is so important here, and then also with living life with intention. Yeah. And when you are being intentional about what you're writing down and what you're accomplishing, and then also just being intentional about having a space to write down your big dreams and your ideas. You know, Marjorie, when I look back on my daily pages, because now then I keep them, I can see like best to the nest ideas, like little things that I've been writing down that were getting sort of lost in a random notebook that now I'm actually writing down. Well, that's great too, because my, I do that all the time. Like on Instagram, I'll see something and I sort of save it. And I I have so many different places where I'm saving ideas and thoughts. I like the, I, I, I love that, that on the daily page, it would be the one place that I would make sure that I put those down. It's interesting, Danny. I want to know about the kind of the transition in your life from, because I know, you know, you were a writer, you are a writer, you were a writer, and, and then to having this idea that this is something that people need and I can provide it for them. What was the switch flip for you? <laughs> uh, exhaustion and overwhelm. Oh, that's <laughs> oh, good. Oh, there you go. That's yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah, I like to remind people, you know, I haven't always been this organized or when people look at me and are like, you know, you're so put together, I'm like, that's because I didn't used to be, you know, like I hit a point where something had to change. And for me, that happened 
about 10 years ago, I was just out of grad school. I went to grad school in Iowa and had just moved to Minneapolis for the first time and had gotten my first full-time job at a publishing company. I had gotten engaged. I was working, writing for Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. I had started my own blog. I had started my Etsy shop. And on top of that, I was not taking care of my physical or mental health at all and just kind of ran myself into the ground with my health, like every aspect of my health, but also just my time. Like I wasn't taking care of myself or my own time. So I just kind of had a breakdown a little bit, like where I knew things had to change. And that was kind of when the daily page was born. So I finally like went to a doctor, went to a nutritionist, set some goals for myself and realized that I needed to start prioritizing my health as far as what I was eating and how I was hydrating. And that felt like so overwhelming to me at the time because I had such little free time that trying to prioritize it alongside all this work and all this projects and then planning a wedding was just felt like an endless, hopeless thing. And so I started looking for planners and everything felt like it either was for organizing my work or for maybe starting to be like a fitness junkie or a bodybuilder. Like it was either all focused on wellness or all focused on work. Nothing combines the two. Which is what we have to do. It's the most important thing to do is to integrate the two. It is vital. Yeah. And so, I mean, I worked at a publishing company at the time. And so one day I just like sat down and was like, this doesn't exist. I'm going to make it. I think there used to be a website called like picnic.com or something. I think I used like that and a combination of Photoshop to like put together what I wanted made a PDF, printed like 50 copies of it, and started using it. And then I made it available for free on my blog. Oh, that's great. Yeah, people wanted a notepad. So like a year later, I invested, like I saved up all this money. I bought 50 notepads. I sold them within (laughs) like 48 hours. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, and that was, you know, 10 years ago. So that was kind of how I got started. It really was just like needing to figure out my own life and find a system that worked for me with the way I wanted to live, which was finding harmony and balance between my health and my work. I love how you're talking about a breakdown, though, because I, as you're saying this, I can think back to the times in my life when I've had a breakdown. I mean, when it's been yep. the breaking of the down. I mean, Too much. like just where I felt, and, and it can be that you're overwhelmed by schedule or that you're committed to too much, or for, in my case, it was that I was just going in the wrong direction and everything about me was screaming, stop going in this direction, and to the point where I was crying on my way to work every day. Yeah. And so I was literally driving in the direction and then crying while I was on my way there. And I do kind of feel as you talk about that and as I sort of reflect on those moments in my life, you almost feel grateful for the breakdown because that's where you get the best stuff. It's in that moment of just if you're open to it and you can go have some courage and take some big risks that's when you, it's when you feel like you have nothing to lose that you feel like you can actually do something. But I'm a little curious for both, I'm a little curious for both of you, and I, I see the truth in what you're saying, Elizabeth, but I also hate the idea that as women we all run ourselves to that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but I, I also sort of agree with you, so it's I'm a little conflicted, and I'm just wondering in the two of you, what pushes you or what was pushing you to run to that point of busyness? Danny, do you have an overachiever problem like I do? Do you have an issue like that? Do you want to be open about it? Because I will be if you are. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yes, I think I can be a bit of an overachiever, but I think I would point the finger more at just like the culture of 
hustling and the verification of busyness that we live with. And especially for me now um, living in Europe and kind of just seeing a very stark contrast in our, like the work-life balance here versus the U.S. And that's not to say that women aren't stressed out across the world, but definitely in the U.S. there's just this very huge glorification of busyness and of, of running ourselves into the ground. And I think it's getting better, but I think especially like 10 years ago or so, it was just kind of out of control, the pressure that was put on people. Yeah, I think you're totally right. It is so true. There was this, there is this hustler mentality of I can do everything. Yeah. And it, you know, I also think too, there's something about when you're in your, because I'm assuming you were in your 20s at that time. And I mean, when I mm-hmm. hit my breakdown, I was in my 20s too. It is a time yeah. of feeling you have to hustle to get to where you need to be. And then you also, you have a lot of passions for things. And so it's hard to sort of distill down what you need to be focusing on if you don't even know yourself that well to know what you're super passionate about yet. Yeah, I think, I mean, my breakdown was definitely in my 20s and probably another one in my 30s and probably one more in my 40s. But I think... uh, I think that it was it was very much that way of when I look back into my 20s of a constant feeling of I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough mm-hmm. and I'm not getting there fast enough. We have these values that we want to live by or the say, the things that we say are really important to us. Yeah. You know, if somebody says, what are you passionate about? You know, I love travel. I love great food. I love time with my family. I want to go on adventures. And then when you look at your days... And you can starkly see <laughs> that the things that bring you the most joy or fill you up the most aren't on your daily page. Are people writing to you, Danny, and saying, oh, my gosh, this was a total eye-opener? Yeah. I mean, I hear incredible stories from people regularly. It's one of my favorite things about the fact that I'm doing this. I think I'm going to sound kind of nerdy here, but one of my favorite mottos is live your dream life a little bit each day. Yeah. And oh, I think no, no, no. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. Not nerdy. Say it again. Say it again. <laughs> live your dream life a little bit each day. Mm, that's great. Yeah. And for me, the Daily Page helps people live this way because it's not about, you know, the dream life maybe isn't attainable for all of us. You know, we can't all work two hours a day and spend the rest of our day sitting on a yacht or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when you start to kind of change your mindset and you start thinking more about, okay, what elements of my dream life can I incorporate in my daily routine just a little bit, just a small amount every single day, you know, whether that's taking your lunch outside so you can eat in the sunshine or making time for a 10-minute afternoon walk or shuffling around kid duties so that you have 30 minutes to paint at night. Whatever it is, it's just kind of that mindset shift. And what I like to encourage people to do in the framing of the daily page is to actually sit down at night, if you can, take two to three minutes and write those things down. Like, what are those things that you want to prioritize tomorrow and make time for? Put them on the daily page. And that way, when you wake up in the morning, you aren't Like the first thing you're thinking about isn't all the to-do things that you just put down. You're thinking about these things that you want to prioritize and that you're super excited about and that are leading you to that dream life just a little bit at a time, but that you're going to make time for. And that's one of my favorite rituals. I love thinking about those the night before and getting them on paper and waking up looking forward to that. So that's where, because on the daily page, and there there are different iterations of the daily page, so you know. So you can go and you can see kind of what fits you. And then Danny just launched the new notebook, the spiral-bound notebook, which I'm <laughs> dying for. I love that it's spiral-bound. It's so fabulous. I love that. But do you think, Danny, that's where I would put in the top three? Because I've been sort of figuring out, like, what am I going to use that top three section for? That that's where I can put those things that I wanted to sort of prioritize to fit in. 
I think everybody kind of does it differently. Yeah. Personally, I love the idea of putting your own things up there because I do think they should be <laughs> the most important and the most exciting. Um, for me, it just kind of it switches. So I would say typically those top three things are probably like the most time-sensitive and urgent projects that I need to have my attention on. But almost always at least one of them is a personal thing that's really important, whether it's making sure I have enough time for like a nice long walk with Walter or going to sit outside and enjoy the sunshine or cook a really nice lunch, whatever that is. I always try to have at least one of those things up in that top three section. Now, when you talk about your life and making your life what you want it to be, living in Copenhagen, was that with intention or did your husband get a job there? Was that something that you just knew you wanted to do? Because that's a big life change. It is, yeah, it's huge. And um, I'm not a huge, like, woo-woo type of person, but I have to say, like, I somehow manifested this. <laughs> I don't really know how. I'm still kind of pinching myself about the entire thing. But um, I actually traveled to Denmark kind of at the beginning of that, like, really rough period of my life where I was going through a lot and kind of on the edge of just like the mental breakdown. Like I wasn't taking care of myself, traveled to Copenhagen. Actually, my mom brought me. I think she was like, we need to travel. We're going to Denmark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's go to the happiest country on earth. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, But yeah, so I was like 22, came here, got to kind of explore the whole country, was here for a couple of weeks and always thought it would be an amazing place to live. And fast forward eight years or so, my husband and I came here together and we were sitting down by the harbor One night, we were talking about how nice it would be to live here. Never really took it seriously. But when we kind of started downsizing and simplifying our life three years ago, he started looking at other job opportunities. And moving abroad wasn't totally on our radar, although it was all kind of a pipe dream. Um, I got a job at a company that was based in Denmark, but it was opening the office office. So he worked in Minneapolis for a year, and then they offered to relocate us. And so it was a corporate relocation Yeah, still, like, the way everything aligned, like I said, I still am like, how did I manifest this? What happened? Do I believe in woo-woo things? I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so that was the story of how we ended up here. And now we've been here 18 months. And, of course, we miss Minnesota and miss our families. But we've had really great opportunities for our parents and stuff to come visit us, which has been a really unique and valuable experience, I think, for all of us. And yeah, yeah, we just, we love it. I never thought of myself as a very woo-woo person either, but I have become much more one the the older I get because I think, and and so many books will tell you this, but where you direct your mind is where you'll go. And I think that that, I, I just, I believe that. So for whatever forces are making that happen, it is just another reminder you know, be careful what you think of <laughs> in, in, in the best possible way. So if you, if you, if you're always, I just think that those positive thoughts, those things that you love, that you can manifest them. I really do believe that. But I think that's a great story. It's, that's wonderful. It's so cool. Now, Danny, you mentioned the downsizing and sort of the minimalist. So if you follow Danny on social media, she'll post photos of her life and her home, and it looks like a Scandinavian dream. I mean, it's just so minimalist, but I know that that comes with intention and you're very thoughtful about it. So I want to know from you, what is it about that minimalist life? Like, what does that give to you and what does that mean in your home? Yeah. So part of that comes with the fact that we moved abroad. So we moved with very little, but also minimalism is an intentional thing in our lives. So we started the process of downsizing three years ago. We had a 2,200 square foot home in Madison three bedrooms, three bathrooms, you know, or four bedrooms, three bathrooms. It was big. It was full of stuff. And it was just kind of looking around us one day and being like, 
I don't know why we live here and why we have this huge house. Like, you know, we were in our late 20s, 28, 29, whatever. And I think it was just like we had been following this roadmap of, you know, success and what we were supposed to have and what we were supposed to own. And it was kind of just coming to this point of being like, this isn't what's making us happy. And this isn't what we want out of the life that we're sharing. And so we started the process of downsizing. We did a really intentional downsize where we donated and gave and sold as much as we could. And then we downsized into a smaller apartment and then downsized further when we moved here. So we're now in 700 square feet. But for me, yeah, so for me living with less, one thing I always think about is another quote that I love that goes something like this. Do you see all this stuff around you? It used to be money. (laughs) And every time I read that, I'm like, oh, God, it's so true. It used to be money. Oh, no. Yes. But even more importantly than the idea that it used to be money, it's also time. Like, the more stuff you own, yeah. the more time it takes up. You have to clean it. You have to move it around. You have to do maintenance. And just the emotional labor of everything you own and everything around you takes up emotional labor in your head, especially, I think, as women. We are constantly taking inventory of everything and where it is and how much is left. And when you get rid of some of that, it opens up so much more time and energy in your life for other things that are more important to you. I love that. What has been the what has been the hardest part about living in 700 square feet? With and it's you and your husband and Walter. What's been the hardest yeah. part? To be honest, nothing. We actually have wow. an extra room that has Walter's kennel in it, like <laughs> that, and we call it Walter's room. Yeah, like I feel like we designed the space really well. We utilize the places we want to, and we made everything pretty modular. Um, right. We kind of move things around to make this, the space work the way we want it to. That's great. I think it probably helps that, you know, I work from home, so I get to be alone a lot, and Josh gets to be alone when he's at work. And right. <laughs> I don't know, like, yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, nothing about it has really been hard for me anyway. I don't have any any complaints about it. Danny, I just did the total opposite. I lived in 1,100 square feet for eight years. And we had my husband, me, at one point we had two dogs and two kids (laughs) in 1,100 square feet. And and what what I do think it – it's, it's being intentional about looking and saying what's working because we, for a long time, that worked for us until it just didn't. Yeah. And then we said, mm-hmm. we are not able, we're not able to live the life that we want to live because of this space limitation. We want to be able to have our friends over and our family over and they all live here and we want to be able to host these things. And you can't even turn around in our house if you have, if you <laughs> add a, a few more people. And so, but I, but it is about doing that for the reason that it is how you want to live, not because somebody else says it's you want to live that way. You know, you don't, buying the four-bedroom, three-bath, I totally get it because everybody goes, well, you get to a certain age and you should have this certain house and mm-hmm. if you and you should always be upsizing. But if you're doing it without intention, it's just weighing you down. And now I think because mm-hmm. we lived in that small space for so long, I mean, Marjorie just stayed at my house a few weeks ago. I reach out my arms and I feel free because of the space where you reach right. out your arms and you feel free because you don't have all mm-hmm. that space. And so it's different for each person. And it's different at every point in your life. Yeah. I think that's a that's a big part of it too. And kids I think demand you want to feel a little bit of more room. I think the key is though, even when you bring children into the world, is that you're not that you're intentional about all the stuff that you bring with them. Oh gosh, it's so and much. I th- and I think that's 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 sort of what I think you have to think about. Everybody sort of is going to find their own way in it, depending on where you are in your life or what you want out of your life. But the key thing in all of that, I think, 
is especially what you said, Danny, which is, do you see all the stuff? It used to be money. So as long as whether you live in a 700-square-foot space or a 3,000-square-foot space, as long as you're acknowledging, yes, I work hard for this, and I'm going to direct my money here. I think the problem is in the busyness of life, you know, that glorification of busyness, we feed ourselves with stuff. Yeah. Because we think we work so hard, we ought to have this. We work so hard, we need to have this. And I think if you step back and you go back to what you said, Danny, do you see all the stuff that used to be money? It forces you to look at, okay, I'm working a million hours, but what do I want to do with that money? What do I, mm-hmm. what is the real plan for that money? The plan can't be, I just want more end of the aisle stuff. I don't want more clearance stuff. I don't want more clothes. I want to make sure that I'm putting this amount of money in my retirement fund because I can see the bigger picture. It's just that conversation. So everybody's going to find a different way. But I think I think when I look back, the moments where I felt successful were the moments where I was doing things with intention. The moments when I felt least successful or least happy were when I felt like, again, it was the busyness was driving the decisions I was making. So Danny, and I always think that's a mistake. Danny, what do you do when you are out and about shopping in these darling shops in Copenhagen? Yeah, and really. You have like the cutest coffee and you're just wandering through. What's the mind process for you for deciding to bring something into your home? Am I willing to get rid of one thing that's oh. already in our home? Oh. Yes. Okay. You can do that. <laughs> You can do that, yeah, Danny. I mean, I try. I really do. It's not always super easy. Oh my! Of course, we do buy things. You know, we do buy new things. Well, yeah. I just ordered new bedding today because we right. we need it. But yeah, I mean, especially like with our closets, it's easy to say because we have extremely limited closet space. Yep. And yep. Yeah. So it's easy to say, should I buy this sweater because I don't have space for it? So that means getting rid of one I already own. And fortunately, I've already had to parse down so much that the five sweaters I own, I love. So it's easy for me to say, you know, no, this one isn't for me. I don't need okay. it. Danny, mind blown. You have five sweaters. That's really great. That's very <laughs> That's awesome. impressive. That's really impressive. So I want to know from you through this evolution, what, I mean, as you've gotten, because there was a time in your life when work and wellness were so out of sync, they were out of balance. They were probably fighting against each other, which is why you were feeling so unwell. And what has happened then as you've gotten that under control and what does your house feel like? And also what's your relationship with your husband like through that? Cause I can imagine that that wasn't easy on him at the beginning. So Am I allowed to say one more quote? Yes. Yes. There's no quote limit. We have loved all of them. You could say two more if you had them. (laughs) One of my favorite quotes, and you can get this as a free printable on my blog. (laughs) It's by Virginia Woolf. And the quote is, one cannot think well, love well, or sleep well if one has not dined well. That is the truth, and, sister. Oh. That's going to be hanging. I just FYI, I am going to print that off of your oh. website, and I'm going to put it on in my new kitchen. It's going to be oh. hanging there. So true. Yes. It's a beautiful, oversized printable. You can download it for free. <laughs> I've always had it in my kitchen. I have for years. And it's just a great reminder to me that I have to put my wellness and my health up on my priority list. It has to be one of my top priorities because nothing else matters. I can't work well if my body's not well. I can't love my husband well if I'm not well. I can't take care of our home or our dog or, you know, none of nothing else matters if my health is in jeopardy. So true. Right. And so for me, 
the answer is everything is impacted by making my health a priority, by organizing my day, by utilizing the daily page. It impacts everything. And to your question, I guess with my husband, he has always been very on board and very supportive. He was actually pounding me about water long before I finally <laughs> gave in and started drinking water. <laughs> he's really good about it. And yeah, he's just always been fully supportive about everything that I do, I guess. If anything, he has a little bit of a sweet tooth that I could do without. You know, he, he loves a bowl of ice cream at night and he loves to keep chocolate in the fridge. And I could do without that, but it's also probably good because he keeps me from probably becoming a little bit too much of a health nut. <laughs> right. He's a balance. Yeah, you got to have a little bit yeah. of fun. That's really true. That's great, though. I mean, yeah. it does. It impacts your whole life. And I just think your your emphasis on just one day just makes me feel so... Mm-hmm great because that is the way to handle that overwhelmed feeling or that feeling of so busy or out of control or just just completely like the weight of the world is on your shoulders is you just have to look at one day and it's this little simple tool that helps you look at one day. Marjorie, you're going to order your daily page. I am. And you are just going to be delighted and you're going to follow Danny and she's got all these wonderful things (laughs) on her social media and you'll be like me, a nutcase who has thought that Danny is my real friend for many years (laughs) and this is the first time I've spoken to her. I sent her an email about this podcast. She's really a very sane person. I am. I I messaged you about the podcast and I was just like, I I feel like I know this person and she does not know me. And so I need to just come across as a little bit cooler than I normally would, like a little normal. (laughs) Well, here's what I love. I do love the idea of taking it down to one day. But what I think you've already mentioned it, Elizabeth, I think what's really important is the ability to go back and look at every day and see your patterns. Because that's also how we can change. If we're not feeling we are where we should be or doing the things we should be, you can go back and see what you've prioritized and how you want to change that. And I think without sort of, I I am really excited about having this because there are lots of things I'm trying to sort through. And I think the day-to-day and then looking back will help me sort through them. I just love it. I love it. I love it all. Danny, it's so great. Thank you so much for taking time for us in Copenhagen. What's your Copenhagen Friday night look like, girl? Mm. (laughs) Well, today is actually my husband's 34th birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Josh. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Unfortunately, he has a work function and work party. He's celebrating without me, but I'm going to a going away party for some friends who are moving to Australia, and then we will meet up later on tonight. Oh, my gosh. That's so great. Okay, well, Danny, listen, when you are in Minneapolis, I know that you're probably swarmed with people, but if I can even just fit in a 30-minute coffee, I would love it so much, and Copenhagen is so high on my travel list. It is, it's going to happen in the next five years, I promise. So you, if you're still there, I will definitely try to look you up and meet up with you. Yes, I will definitely see you in December at some point. Yay. Maybe both of you, if it works out, that would be great. Yes. I would love that. I fabulous. would love that. All right, Danny, thank you so yeah. much. We'll talk to you again, okay? <laughs> Have a good day, guys. You Bye. too. Bye, Bye, Danny. Oh, my goodness. I know. She's the best. She's she the is the best. I didn't even, I'd never even heard her speak before today. So You're a little, a little stocky, but that's okay. That's okay. They like <laughs> a little fan girly. I do. I loved it though. I loved how excited you were, and I love that you just told her, "I'm coming to. I'm coming I'm to, come to Copenhagen." I, it is funny how you end up um, 
with, like, I realize with how I am with certain people, how they are with me. When they go, I feel like I know you. I feel like you're my friend. Right. And then I'm like, right. that's how I feel about people, too. It's so exciting. Right. No, she's wonderful. And the mission is wonderful. I know. It's a really great idea. Sorry, I just took a sip of water. That's the water tracker. Yep. Um, yep. I've got order. my water right here. I've got the current daily page, which is, like, you just rip it off. Right. And then the new one that she just launched is the Spiral Bound notebook and i am gonna order that i'm gonna one. get the spi- how much is the spiral bound because that's the one i want i think it's like 30 or 40 wait, 40 bucks maybe because i really do i really and i'll just say it one more time even though i think we've said it like three times now i really do think part of the value of this is the ability to go back and look at patterns yeah it totally is that's why the spiral bound is cool because the one that yeah. i have that you just rip off i've just been keeping the pages and i paper clip them together right and i've got like a little file folder system but It's really great. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and share it with a friend. And if you have a moment, please give us a review at Apple Podcasts. They mean so much. Okay, so Mel from Avon, Minnesota left us this review. I love, love, love listening to this podcast. Marjorie, that was three loves. Did you hear that? That's really good. I know. I have a 12 and a 15-year-old and love the perspective, positivity, and laughter I get from you both. It's my favorite podcast. Thank you for brightening my days. Thanks, Mel. Thank you so much, Mel. And please reach out to us. You can find us both on Instagram at Best of the Nest or at Eliz Reese and at It's Me Marjorie One. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Enjoy your days, everybody. Don't get up. Hi, it's Kristen. Did you know that not doing things is easier than doing them? There's a lot of things to do, especially this time of year. But when you don't do things, there's more time to do things. Does that make sense? What I mean is when you use Shipt to get everything from gifts to groceries delivered same day, you have more time for the things you want to do. To not do things so that you can do other things, visit Shipt.com slash holiday. That's S-H-I-P-T dot com slash holiday.